0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Lightning like Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved
1: in the largest cash robbery in the world. It's definitely not saying. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history.
0: Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus.
1: Hello Broncos country, Kev Dan here for another episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. The Broncos come back from a 17 point deficit against the LA Chargers and score to win the game literally in the very last second. Nobody is getting fired and Tanner Tanner and I are going to break all of that down for you here coming up shortly. So kick back, relax, grab a beer and welcome again to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.
0: What's up, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Kev Dan back for an exciting edition of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Oh, Kev Dan, man, I am I am pumped to give my thoughts about this game to Broncos country. I I felt yesterday watching this game and, and processing in my head what I was going to th- talk about. I feel like um, how sports writers and editors have to feel. <laughs> they are trying to meet a deadline and they've got something typed up and then all of a sudden the game flips one eighty and they're like, Oh, I gotta retype something like ten minutes because at halftime and even even after the third quarter, I was ready to rip this team to shreds. Yep. The fourth quarter completely changed my mindset.
1: Oh well, I mean, it'd be nice if the Broncos showed up for more than uh, you know. Any more than three quarters of the game, you know, I, I, I take half the game at this point, right? But but no, whatever they did at halftime, I mean, the, the defense was looking kind of shaky there going into halftime. And uh, they came back out and, and kept the game alive so, so the offense could do some work. And holy crap, the last – heck, the last seven minutes when they started that comeback was fantastic. And then you see the last two minutes in that drive down the field, I mean – You can ask for anything better, man. Oh,
0: pure excitement, pure excitement. Just even being in that position was a godsend, and then to capitalize (laughs) on it was unbelievable. It it was kind of funny because at halftime, I was texting a few of my buddies who aren't Bronco fans, but they're NFL fans of different teams, and I said, I haven't seen an offense this bad since the Tebow days, but unlike this team, (laughs) Tebow then would just, pull some magic out of his ass in the fourth quarter. Well, it kind of happened yesterday. It kind of happened like that. Uh, Drew Locke transformed into a different quarterback come the fourth quarter, and he was dynamite in and, uh, and the quarterback we all want to see in Broncos country. And, 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 of course, we can get into that in a little bit. But you're right. What What, what an exciting finish to the game. And the only thing that could have made it better was if there was 70-plus thousand Oh, and, can you imagine how loud? loud that
1: would, I mean, it was already loud, and mm-hmm. I don't think they were pumping in fan noise. I mean, that sounded like you know a reasonable amount of yeah. fans, but they were loud. Um, and even at the end, uh, at the end of the game, there it was loud, and so I cannot imagine what that would have been like. I mean, it it kind of reminded me of when I was at the uh, the Chargers game at the end of last year, and uh, the Broncos won on the McManus. Uh, about 50 yard field goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was phenomenal. So, so to see this with them driving down, actually needing to get the touchdown at the end like that with one second to sp- I can only imagine how much cooler that would have been to. to yeah. Be we you
0: No, know, Now that I think about it, looking back on it, we have a lot of great finishes against the charges at home. I was yep. at the Monday night game uh, back in 2017, which was Vance Joseph's first game, which uh, Shelby almost- Harris blocked the, Blocked the field goal at the end, so yeah, that's that's three out of the last four times they've came to Denver and it's come down to the last second and into the Broncos' favor. So, uh, yeah, I, I love the culture of the uh, from a Bronco standpoint. I love the culture of the L.A. Chargers. They are two things. Their key players are going to get hurt. Unfortunately, I don't wish injury upon anybody, and they're going to choke away games. Them and in our next point, at the Atlanta Falcons kind of have that in their culture. So, yeah. but man, it like you said, just a great. Great victory! I, I don't remember. I don't recall the last time. When's the last time we went down and won at the very end on a touchdown? I I,
1: I, I couldn't tell you. I, I can't recall. I, I honestly have no idea. It's been, been a long <laughs> I'm time. I'm sure it's which, happened, yeah, but it's been a long time. It's. I mean, yeah, you got that Tebow throw, the first throw in overtime, right? Pittsburgh. Um, I, so, but yeah. uh, other than that, I don't know if it's, we've ever had a game closer than that. That
0: was. Oh man, it was. Yeah, I was so nervous with one second to go, but uh I th- I thought I don't know about you, I thought Drew was gonna try to run it when he was yep. going yep. out right yep.
1: and I was the, like, You don't have the space, man. No, don't, he was don't gonna get smashed
0: if he tried, and then uh at the what one yard awareness yard to find Hamler and what great awareness for Hamler to come back to the ball and turn his body and and thank God he was a small wide receiver because he was able to get <laughs> his butt cheeks in bounds
1: because I don't know if a bigger enough. wide receiver
0: could have could have done that. So uh
1: I now that would have been a call where if they had Cause remember initially the first ref said, no, it was incomplete. The second one said touchdown and then they changed it. So they both said touchdown. Now, if they had both called incomplete, I don't know if they could have really no. overturned that to say a touchdown. So no. we kind of got, I don't want to say we got lucky on that call because I could see how it go either way, but you're right. I mean, he put himself in just the perfect position. Yep. to not only catch the ball, but go down. Um, and I mean, I just, I wouldn't want to know what the refs would say if they had to review that nope. one. Right. But, uh, nope.
0: and I wish hopefully he is listening. Hopefully Brandon Stokely is listening to this.
1: Of course they are. Everybody I, listens to us.
0: You're right. What am I thinking? But, uh, I am sick of him on Twitter. He keeps getting into it with Broncos country saying that the, um, pass interference call against Albert O shouldn't have been called. I'm like, dude. Why? Why do you have to stir up crap? Like, yeah. Why, why not just enjoy the win? First off, of
1: him. that was a good penalty. Like mm-hmm. that. That was a fair pass interference. Mm-hmm. Like that. That deserved the flag. Um, but speaking along these lines, you got Mike Kliss out there at halftime tweeting, "This one's on you, Vic." I think it was either that, or it was looking at you, Vic, or something yeah. like that, and it was like, "Shut, shut up."
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the the um, it was a rough first three quarters on Twitter to be yep. a Broncos fan. It was just negative. And, and deservedly so, because there was nothing really positive for at least two and a half quarters, but uh, it was tough to be on Twitter. There was a lot of, ugh, a lot of ugly things out there, but thank goodness it turned around and got us a victory. Um, but um, yeah, I guess cool. what were, what were some of your takeaways um, going throughout the game?
1: I think we hit a lot of them just right off, big picture ones, you know, um, you're looking at a team that is down by 17 you know, and, dead and, water.
0: They look dead and water. they're,
1: they're two and four on the season. The, the chargers have all of the momentum going for them. Herbert came out with a slow start, but then really started picking things up. The defense started to look, you know, shaky because they were on the field all of the time. In fact, um looking at the, uh, Time of possession here, the Chargers had the ball for thirty almost thirty six minutes compared to our twenty four minutes. So the defense was out there a lot, uh, but somehow they came out after halftime. They got enough of a breather. They collected themselves. I didn't read the full story, so I'm not sure how accurate it is But uh, it sounds like Drew Locke went in there at halftime and uh, spoke his mind um, very loudly and got things to you know got things together and this is what we've been talking about for a while. Right. Uh, and we even talked about on our halftime show with uh, Jared and I yesterday was the lack of leadership, you know, and how some of these young guys need to step up and find a way to, to be leaders. And we talked about this with drew Locke. Hey, he's not a rookie anymore. While we expect the growing pains in terms of his play, he needs to recognize this is his offense, his team, and he needs to be that leader. And it sounds like that's exactly what he did. So, that's, I mean, those are some of my big takeaways is maybe Drew Locke has finally found his voice. He had some of the swag back on the field there at the end of the game, sure so maybe feeling more like himself, you know, and and taking control of the, the team and, and getting everyone on the same page and motivating them all.
0: Yeah, great, great point. Um, I, I read the same thing that he kind of went in there and said, hey, we can talk all we want. We got to go out there and start producing on the field. We got to make the plays when the plays are available. Like this is on us. We got to get it going. And that's what they did. Um, And and I was so frustrated at one point when the offense had two first downs and four three and outs. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. And and, and, and for a majority of, at least for the first half, it looked like the game plan was take exactly what they are giving you because that's what we were doing, but they weren't giving us anything. So we're just throwing Deacon dunks, not taking any shot downfield, and it just wasn't getting anywhere. And then finally, I don't know if – it was a Pat Shermer call or what went into it, but they kind of let Drew yep. take off the rings and let him play ball and everything turned around. And it also I will say it helped that Joey Bosa got a concussion because once he was out of the game, that did give Drew – our line stepped up once he yeah. was out of the game. All of a sudden it was like, okay, we can focus on Ingram and some other key pieces. And then all of a sudden Drew had a clean pocket and mm-hmm. tied to throw. It was just – I mean, Joey is pretty good. Oh, but, yeah. that that was a big factor because I will say Garrett Bowles didn't have his uh, best game yesterday.
1: Nope. Uh, And I'll pull up his numbers here in a second, but you're right. I mean, yeah, when you're any team facing Joe, Joey Bosa is like any team facing Von Miller. You know, it doesn't really matter how good your offensive line player player. you're going to struggle. Right. And I think it says a lot about our piecemeal offensive line right now that, you know, yeah. while Joey Bosa was causing a lot of havoc. They they really stood their ground as best they could and looked really good against the rest of the, the Chargers yep. defensive line. So, you know, they they looked good, you mm-hmm. know, even with Bosa in there. And so, yeah, that little bit helped with Drew Lock keeping him in the pocket and keeping it clean for him. But I was overall impressed that they held their own and then continued to look solid the rest of the game.
0: And, and I thought it was great that we saw some other guys step up. Jerry Judy had a solid game, of course. No fan played all right. Albert O played good. He keeps becoming more a pivotal part of the offense every week. And how about Deshaun Hamilton?
1: Oh, man.
0: I was out there over 90% of snaps yesterday and he took advantage of it, caught a touchdown, caught a couple other key balls. I mean, guys stepped up in place of, of course, we know we're missing Cortland Sutton. We missed Tim Patrick yesterday, mm-hmm. who was. Um, mainly our deep threat and without him out out there we weren't going deep so these other guys stepped up it was just nice to see other people melvin gordon towards the end yeah even, even though i thought philip lindsey should be on the field because i mean philip man with that 55 yard run touchdown run, he kind of got things going mm-hmm. um but uh gordon was on out for a, more of a majority of snaps than philip was yet again see,
1: i don't um, don't agree with that though yeah
0: i don't i kind of want your opinion on that what Yeah, what's your opinion on that situation
1: you're paying one person less than a million dollars and you're paying the other 15 million um but at this point i don't i don't care look melvin gordon had a great game i'm you know we've been giving him shit all year and rightfully so with all of his fumbles and just not being able to produce much right he did really good especially in that second half of yesterday um but Philip Lindsay, you get him going a couple times. He gets the longest rushing touchdown of the season for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I mean, you haven't seen anything like that from uh from Melvin Gordon, and they're very different style running backs. I mean that you know Mel, um Philip Lindsay is supposed to is built to be uh, that really quick cut back uh, running back that can, you know step on the gas immediately and get going. So I get it but I don't agree with it. I, I see why they're starting him or they're starting him and they're playing him more. I don't care. Look, it, Melvin Gordon is a good back to, you know, if you need a few yards, okay, you know, blocking. Okay. But if you want to get the ground game going and the run game going strong, you go with Philip Lindsay. And I think we abandoned that. I don't think even we abandoned the running game. We didn't even really have one to begin with. Um, and that was a huge mistake on our part.
0: Yeah, because I mean, even statistically speaking, they were showing the graphic yesterday. The run game produces so much better when they're both out there and available to be on the field. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I think you got to go to Phillip to get the ground gate going. But um, maybe Melvin's more in there for receiving threat because he is a good receiver out of the backfield. But, but he did play well towards the end. He had a few really good catches on that drive. Um, I was just so impressed with Drew's um, composure and moxie on that last drive. Looked like a veteran, not a. Quarterback playing his tenth start, but uh, since we were speaking about of uh, Philip Lindsay, I kind of got a difficult little question. I want to pick your brain with here. Yeah. So there's four key guys, in my opinion, that are due for free agency after this year for the Broncos: Uh, Philip Lindsay, Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles, and um, Shelby Harris. Say we get to keep two of those guys. What two are you?
1: I was gonna say three, but I want to make it a little more difficult. You make it a little more difficult. Yeah. Phil, well, one, I, I Philip Lindsay. I, I mean, you got to like Philip Lindsay. You cannot lose that guy. He has been such an asset to this team. You know, he deserves to get paid, um, and he's going to continue to just do phenomenally. You know, throughout his entire career, and to have him grow with the Broncos over the years, and you know, just be that guy that is a continuous factor, uh, in the run game. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I love Shelby Harris. I absolutely love him and what he can do and his intensity and how he can block passes and, you know, kicks and everything. Right. But if I have to cut somebody out of that mix, I think he might be one of them. Um, we also have, you know, a lot of people are probably going to say right off the bat, Justin Simmons, yeah um, but I think we also have the defensive minded head coach of Vic Fangio that we could get somebody maybe not as good, but play just as good, you know, consistently. So I would say that depending on the price, probably not Justin Simmons, and I'm gonna get a lot of flack for that one because the the right tackle position is so hard to come by, you know, the left, any tackle position is so yeah. hard to come by. And if we're seeing Garrett Bowles finally turn things around, I know he had a bad game. He's human. Everybody has bad games. Yeah. If we're looking at it at this point right now, if the season ended right now, and I had to pick to Philip Lindsay and Garrett Bowles.
0: Yeah. It's tough. That's why. That's why I would. And it could
1: backfire. Well, you know, well, Garrett Bowles could go back to his old self, and now we're like, why? Why? You know,
0: it's definitely a question we might want to revisit Ouch. later on in the season. But that
1: hurt, man. I had to really think through that one.
0: What, what I like about what you said about Bowles, and, and at first you said the right side. That's what I'm thinking. In my head. We already got problems on the right side because we we have no idea of Juwan James. We have no idea where his head's at. So, do no. you really want to let if, if Garrett continues to? Play at this level, you want to let him walk, then you got problems on both sides that you got to fix up, then you're back to square one again. Yep, and that's not easy to fix. So, I think I'm right there with you. I, but I, oh man, I don't know. Justin Simmons just makes plays. I don't know. That's yeah. yeah, I definitely think, and I like Shelby Harris a lot. If I can keep three, I think Shelby is the easy one to yeah. come out of the mix, more. and that
1: might be where you know where we're at the end of the year. Yep. Um, we have a lot of cap space. So depending on, you know, how, how high Simmons goes for and Garrett Bowles, if he stays, he's going to get paid at least somewhat, yeah. um, you know, you uh, know, we have a lot of money in um, in IR right now, um, but. I think we have some money to to use. I don't think necessarily at this point need to go shopping around for some big name. Of course, we'll see what free agency looks like at the end of next year, but I think that we could very easily keep those three and it would be heartbreaking to lose Shelby Harris. It really would be, but at some point, you know, you got to look at the business side of things and you got to keep your cap space under your, under control and, people have to move on. So also
0: I was mentally prepared to lose him this past season. I thought he was gone. I think everybody thought he was gone, but then he didn't get the offers he thought. So he kind of bet on himself, came back and he's playing really, really well. So kudos to him. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, can you imagine we're 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 struggling with those decisions right now and, we're not in John Elway's shoes. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and uh, I mean, if ninety percent of Broncos country has it, uh, John Elway wouldn't have any say in it at all because he'd be fired. Well, Stop
0: it, Lock would be uh, it. New coach, uh, <laughs> new mascot, probably new stadium. Oh new yeah, players.
1: yeah. No, you they know. might move
0: the team out of Denver at this
1: point. Oh God, no. don't no. give them ideas. They're going to start saying that. Um, <laughs> so we're kind of talking, and I'm looking at some of the stats here. So Philip Lindsay, you know. Uh, number one play offensive player per pro football focus. Deshaun yeah, well, Hamilton, two like six
0: point nine yards right now, or six point seven yards per carry. He's leading yeah. the league in yards per carry.
1: Yeah. Um, we said that Bowles had his worst game. He's been in the top two games uh, or top two positions in every game except game one, where he was number three. Uh, in this last week uh, against the Chargers, he was ranked number eleven. Uh, Melvin Gordon was tied at number nine. Uh, we had Albert Okawabunam at number six, Drew Locke at number five. So, I mean, even DeMar Dotson was ranked at number four. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of these young guys really rising to the top. And um, if you look at the offensive grades overall, um, they're pretty good, you know, better than last week. And so, this is where I'm. I want to dig.
0: Last week, my God.
1: Well, no, but we talked about this last week. And in, in terms of the box score, it looks like. Like we had talked about like if if you showed somebody the box score that didn't see the game that didn't Uh know the final score, they would have said, Oh man, the Broncos, if, if they lost, it wasn't by very much at all Uh because these numbers are really close together. Right. This week, the stats themselves are very spread apart. I told you the time of possession Uh earlier. Um, Broncos had uh, looks like 40%, less than 40% to the chargers, almost 60%. Um, when it comes to total yards, Chargers had four eighty five. We had three fifty one. Um, passing was about the same at around two fifty. Rushing two ten for the Chargers, one oh eight. uh yeah,
0: that, that was frustrating. Part on defense was we we let Jackson
1: run all over us. It's like yeah, come on, on guys. Yeah. Like, but hmm. same thing. If you had showed me, the, you know, these stats, no score, without me having any knowledge of the game, I would have said, man, the Chargers probably blew denver out of the water and then when you look at the offensive grades pro from pro football focus they're better than last week so it, it's it's weird how you compare the numbers and the situations um you know but uh, i think we deserve to win based off of how we played obviously in the in the fourth quarter and how our defense played the whole game
0: yeah and, and speaking of defense i i i want to give kudos how about that pick by bryce callahan that was humongous, and talk about a guy who's playing really good football this year, and he's not getting a ton of acknowledgement for it or ton no. of publicity, I should say. He's having a really solid season, um, and he's, he's gonna have to step it up because we don't know the injury uh, status of AJ Boye, who got friendly flop, friendly fire yeah. from Cream Jackson, who, oh God, Cream was bringing the lumber yesterday. Mm-hmm and the hammer laying out dudes um yeah, mm-hmm. the defense late once the offense started get going a little bit the defense kind of you can tell it kind of lifted them up and they're well yeah motivated.
1: well it's like okay well now we're doing this for a reason like yeah. we have a reason to go out there i'm mean, like you know the entire chiefs game it's like well we're going out there and why mm-hmm. why and not to say that they're they're quitters or anything like that, but at some point there's a mental part of we're doing our job. And the other part of this team is not doing anything to help us out. We're back on the field again. They're not, you know, we're, we're trying to keep the game within, within, uh, you know, a winnable situation to some degree, but they're not doing anything on their end. And this week, the first half was very much the same way until, like you said, I think all around the motivation really kicked into gear and the, the momentum really kicked into the gear going into the fourth quarter.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's great to see that because you don't want to divide between different sides of the ball. That can happen easily for a team who's going through a struggle period during the season and then things just really crumble. I think we saw that. Inside the locker room in the Vance Joseph era, the two years mm-hmm. he was here. I think we saw the divide between the defense and the offense. The defense was playing solid almost every week and the offense wasn't pulling their part and yep. and it was resulting in loss after loss. And after a while that just gets tiresome to that side that's busting their butt. So yeah. um yeah, it was just just a good day. Well well, it started out such a lousy day, ended as a good day. Um but um um it, it's nice too to see lock finish so strong when from a fan standpoint it's frustrating seeing your rival teams like the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes they're set for the next decade plus Mm -hmm. like the Chargers are set with Herbert even though he had moments yesterday kind of struggled but he looks like he's got to be a pretty good quarterback yeah and then you know you had Colin Coward on Twitter ripping LA and all this stuff and everybody else was but then for Drew to just find his groove and and hopefully he, hopefully this isn't in the road. I mean, I don't want to see him next week revert back to his play against Kansas City or his play in the first half. I want to see this being a stepping stone for him to take it to the next level.
1: Yeah. Well, I've said it 10 times, and I think I'm going to say another 10 times throughout the course of this year, especially with it being his actual rookie year. You know, we need to see how those types of young players, especially in the quarterback position, bounce back from having a terrible game you know uh and drew lock had a terrible six quarters you know if you look back to the the end of the patriots game there um and it's yeah look herbert is fantastic but i don't know if we've really seen him face much adverse adversity yet you know like he hasn't really had a terrible terrible game um but drew lock yeah i mean he had some really bad uh times in the last couple games there but it looks like he turned it around um and like you said is this can he keep this going? Because if you have a quarterback that can lead the team, pull everyone together, learn from his mistakes um, and bounce back from when he does make those mistakes, uh, that's the kind of guy I want. Um, Is he going to be Pat Mahomes? No, obviously not. Nobody's going to be Pat Mahomes. Nobody's going to be Peyton Manning, you know, but to say that Drew Locke's not our guy and uh, Red Cloud, if you're listening, sorry, I'm still 100% disagreeing with you. Red Lock, uh, uh Drew Locke is not going anywhere. Uh, this guy needs time to develop. Um, yeah, Red Clouds are one of our OGs. He's fantastic. Love the guy. Uh, he is not on the Drew Locke train, and uh, hopefully someday he will be. But um, yeah, look, you got to let this this guy develop. You start with another brand new rookie quarterback, okay? Great. You're at square one again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I saw people on Twitter and I keep reverting back to Twitter, but that's my source during games. A lot of Broncos country wanted him pulled for rip and I'm thinking, uh, uh-uh, don't do it. Once you do that, the confidence goes bye-bye. And then, then you got a real problem on your hands. Um, and I'm glad Fangio, um, addressed that today and said never for one second did he even think about pulling Drew Locke out. Um, cause that's the last thing we need he, this season. I mean, we're still in the playoff mix right now. I mean, that's well, when we're three and, and
1: four playing, playing the Falcons next week. Yeah, we could
0: very the- easily be four and four at Falcons, at Raiders, Dolphins at home. None of them are real easy games, but none of them yeah. are, you know, you don't look at any like you do Kansas City and say, wow, well, this is probably now. I mean, they've got opportunity ahead to make some noise. And, but, Regardless, if we don't make the playoffs this season, is about seeing what we have in number three in Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. So We, we got to see through the ups and downs, and I'm glad at least for one week he uh, reversed those downs to ups pretty quickly. And I mean, he was the first Broncos quarterback to throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter since Peyton Manning in 2013. it had been seven years, so um, just to do something like that's a pretty good accomplishment within itself. Mm-hmm. I had no problem with. I'm guessing you saw the video after the game with him addressing the fans about um booing yeah i had no problem with him saying that i mean he's having a little fun with it but at the same time i'm kind of addressing because i mean they did deserve to get booed at that point yesterday they were not results and the fans can do whatever they want but i like he addresses that type of stuff i like that he's dancing out on the field he's loose he's having fun and we didn't see that in the first half yesterday he wasn't loose and having fun it was more
1: very uh, rigid
0: just tight and like i said Taking what the defense gives you, which is what we want him to do after last week, but this was to a little extreme. But I think that's more on Pat Shermer yeah. than it was Drew Locke. But I could be wrong. I'm not inside the inside the boardroom.
1: So no, I think Drew Locke's a quarterback where you saw from this last week. Once you just say, "Dude, go play be ball. yourself, play ball, be smart," you know. Yeah, yes. but. You know, you got that, that takes time, you know, and, and experience to get to that level of, you know, being able to be a gunslinger, but be smart about it. Um, but yeah, this is what, this is, if you try to dictate exactly how Drew Locke plays and, you know, we had talked about, he needs to go through his reads and stuff. Yeah, definitely. He needs to keep working on that. But at the same time, you got to say, dude, go play your game. And that's how you're going to let him develop into who he is, not who you want him to be. Right. And I think there's a clear distinction there. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just he, play ball and be smart. And good things are probably going to happen. I mean, this this has got to be a confidence builder for him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still a pretty good defense you're going against. And to have that game-winning drive, I mean, you look back in 1983, John Elway was terrible his rookie year. Until that moment against the Baltimore Colts when they were down 19 entering the fourth quarter, he had the first of what would be many to come fourth quarter la comeback drives and it's got to start somewhere maybe yeah. this is drew lock's moment maybe we're gonna look back 10 to 15 years from now hey captain do you remember that time on <laughs> november 1st when uh, in 2020 uh when we played the chargers and lockett i mean maybe it's something he's gonna build on that's what we can only hope maybe yeah. the springboards this team for because this team's got enough talent to compete even though they are the youngest offense in yeah. the league which even makes our last drive more impressive mm-hmm. um this i i just i feel just feel so much better now yeah. with the team after that last quarter yesterday it's amazing what can happen
1: if if that offense can show up for the entire game you're talking about us being able to beat any team you know any team out there um obviously they have to work on that <laughs> they are very young there are injuries and you know i'm not yeah. trying to give excuses or anything yeah. but you got to let these guys develop. And when yeah. people are out there and we, I think you started off last week's uh, podcast very nicely with telling everyone to stop it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but this is exactly why you got to let these guys grow and, and yeah. develop as a team together and build that rapport. And look, drew lock in the offense. They didn't have an off season. They didn't have a pre, you know, a, a preseason, a training camp. They had none of that. And they're going out there, the youngest team, a youngest uh, offense in the league. And, you know, I can't just I can't sit here and say that they're not going to get any better because I'm seeing it before my eyes. Yep. They're having terrible games, but they're improving in the long haul. You mm-hmm. know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all it took was that 55 yard touchdown by Lindsey, and then when we got the ball back down 24-10, hit a couple of completions in a row, get a couple first downs in a row, mm-hmm. that got the juices flowing. It's just little things like that. They mm-hmm. they just can't afford in the future going forward to keep digging themselves in holes like they did yesterday and expect to come out of it because they're too talented and too good of an offense at times to do that. Just, just get those first downs, move the chains, throw it to the chains.
1: If it's there. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Jared was was
1: like, well, he's making his reads. I'm like, dude, I love you, bro. And I, and I agree, but throw to the chains. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, hopefully we get Tim Patrick back this week. That would be helpful. Just, Add another good wide receiver to the depth, um, mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good uh, good game against the Falcons of team that's starting to not get on roll, but they won the last couple, so
1: they're not terrible. And look, every NFL team is an NFL team, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets are 0 and 8, but they're still, you know, they could come out and get a win one of these weeks. You every can't time they count, got a- count any, yep, can't count anybody out. It's on the- you look at some of these players and we're talking about bounce back players. What do you think about Garrett Bowles is, is he, is this going to change his mental state? Because we talked about this, you know, seeing that sports psychologist over the off season and helping him get in his mindset. Now, one of those holding penalties was bullshit. And was the first one. It's like, no, that was where, where, Mm -hmm. but then you got a couple more after that. Yeah. And so what do you think? Is he going to bounce back from that?
0: Yeah, I got confidence in him. Um, now, if we see him replicate another bad performance, then maybe it's time to worry a little bit because I think those could snowball. But he's a guy, Garrett's a guy, that, if he gets two penalties, it's like, watch out. It could snowball into a lot. That's kind of what I'm seeing. But um, going into yesterday, he only had two, if not three penalties all year. Yeah. That's pretty good going into week eight. Yeah. Um, was it his best performance? No, it was his worst of the year, but it wasn't the, his worst that we've seen by far of his career. So so I, I got confidence in him. And, and Atlanta's defensive line's not the Chargers defensive line.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And I just it's it's funny that I had just announced last week that I'm I'm finally on the Garrett Bowles train and that I finally, it's like, why am I not supporting him at this point? Why am I not expecting him to do great every and then he goes out and does that? And I was like, well, thanks, dude. Yeah. Okay. And I know he's listening to us right now on yep. the podcast and and dude, you know, bounce back, man. He's got it. He's got it. I got confidence in him. What, so. One of these times we're going to say that, we're going to get a player tweeting us saying, "Yeah, I was listening."
0: Yep. I was like, "Oh my god."
1: Do <laughs> it. Someday. But yep. yeah, man. So this is this is the momentum I think we need going into these next 3 weeks. Like if we can go 4 and 4, can you I mean, we were 2 and 4, you know? that didn't seem very likely you know after getting blown out by the chiefs and here we are sitting at a very reasonable chance to be 4 and 4 yep. hell we could even be 5 and 4 in 2 weeks if we can play you know solid against the raiders they're a very beatable team as well they're they're not any superstar
0: yeah it's and they're a tough team to figure out their week to week um I mean, they looked like trash against Tampa Bay, but then turn around and beat Cleveland, even though they didn't look overly prof- impressive. Cleveland more, more so looked bad, right. which Cleveland, that's week to week with them, and you never know what team's going to show up there. But, no, uh, you know, the Broncos got a great opportunity ahead of themselves, but they got to look at it one game at a time. Oh, sure, sure. Can't look, and, and I think they know that. They can't look – I mean, Vic's been around the block enough. You can't look too far in advance. And, and speaking of Vic, I think he should just uh, coach with his mask on. From now on, instead of the visor, because once <laughs> his nose got cut, um, things turned around. So I, I think it's all you got go <laughs> from now on <laughs> to the visor. But, uh, but uh, that's another thing I, I haven't heard anybody bring up today. No Mike Munchak, no Ed Donatel yesterday. Yeah, that, that's huge. Those are two of your um, very important coaches. And so not only the injuries on top of that, you lose your offensive line coach and your defensive coordinator, which... I think Vic kinda calls the plays anyways, but still you got the yeah. other guy in the ear and then yesterday was all on Vic. So mm-hmm. so that that that's two things I never heard anybody really bring up yesterday. That's which, true. Which um which was I, interesting. So hopefully they're yeah. back next week. I don't know.
1: I think you you know, that does say a lot though, you know. Sure. The players are listening, everybody's on the same page. Uh somebody needs to go out, you know. Yeah, I get it. Donna uh Donatel is kind of a placeholder but still like he supports yeah he still
0: probably helps in the decision making process on the defense right. he's if not he, sitting there
1: on the sidelines you know singing everybody a nice tune in between plays on his you know, on his headset you know like he's still an active part of that coaching exactly. staff
0: exactly and if monchek if uh like monchek's there yesterday present there, maybe bulls doesn't get some penalties i don't true. know true i don't know but we'll
1: see next week, you know. <laughs> that's the We're game.
0: back next week. Uh, that's the thing. NFL, week to week, you just don't know, unfortunately, what staff member or what players get a test positive. Yeah. And it's all about adjustments. It's yep. all about adjustments this year, and they, they come down to preparation and coaching. Um, well, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the game in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. That should have been in London. So That
1: should have been, been in London, yeah.
0: Let's hand out some game balls. Who gets a game ball on the offensive side of the ball for you?
1: Oof. Um. I'm going I'm trying to think of one that's, uh, you know, what? uh, Albert Oakle you oh, know, Philip Lindsay is the easy answer, but Albert O with that touchdown. And I mean, he was ranked pretty high. He, he had a really solid game. I think this was the, the third game he was suited up for. Yep. Um, so you've seen him already, you know, his connection with Drew Locke has improved back from the college days there. And, um, I think he's, he's showing why he was such a great third round pick for us and what, he, what we can do with him and Noah fan out there. Um, Yeah, so I think he definitely, maybe you're not going to hear his name much, um, but the game he had was, I'd say, pretty solid.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you could blindfold somebody and throw some tape on somebody who doesn't watch the Broncos too often, put Fant and and, uh, Alberto side-by-side sometimes, say, okay, which one was chosen in the first round, which one was in the third round. Based on yesterday's play, they might say Alberto was the first-round tight end and Fant was the third round. Not that Fant had a bad game. I'm not saying that by any means, but – Alberto is just impressing that much that he looks like he could have been a first round talent instead of a third round talent at times. Yeah. So, which is great. I mean, the Broncos prop looks like so far they found themselves a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, my game ball gonna go to Drew Locke. I've already kind of been praising him anyway, but <laughs>
1: he deserves it.
0: 14 for 17, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter alone. Got to give him the ball, and what? What? Like I said, I hope it's the uh, first stepping stone of a lot of great games and performances um going forward for him. Even side of the
1: ball. I can't help, but do it. Uh, Shelby Harris, man, just another phenomenal game, you know, week in and week out. And is this going to put him out of our price range at the end of the season? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, depends on what offers he gets. I think he's going to shop around again, obviously, rightfully so, because this guy deserves to get paid and, I uh, John Elway, and I'm looking at those top four you were talking about earlier. You know, it's not it's not an easy decision. You know, he is uh, a big part of that defensive line, and you're talking about motivation and, and momentum and just keeping everyone together. Getting to that quarterback is so huge, you know. So I think he hands down one of the top defensive players of this last week.
0: I thought Bradley Chubb played well yesterday. Uh, he had a couple penalties, a couple. There were more frustration penalties than almost anything. Uh, face mask, which on a fourth down stop, which that happens. Yeah, uh, it does. And, and, a, and a cheap roughing the passer penalty, which was really just bogus like Rich Gannon said that wouldn't have been a penalty 15 years ago. That happened every play. But uh, I thought he played well. Kareem Jackson was laying the lumber. I almost picked him. Kevin's mm-hmm. had a nice interception, made plays. But I'm going to go with Bryce Callahan. He had that pick that kind of got things turned around yep. at that point. In time because that could have easily went the other way and been a touchdown for the Chargers, then we would have been sunk. So I think Calan's been having a, a quietly very good year. And uh, I th- hope he keeps it going because, like I said, Boye might be out at least this week. Maybe I don't know his injury status. So
1: hopefully, hope I mean, definitely concussion protocol. I'm hoping yeah. it's like Philip Lindsay, where he's not gonna practice much, but he'll be out there next yeah. week, is, is what I'm hoping for.
0: He got smacked. That was hard to watch in that replay slow-mo yeah. the way Neck and everything bent. That was ugh, rough, yep. but uh, but yeah, I, I th- it's always a good problem when you have multiple people that you give a game ball out to instead of just one or two individuals.
1: Yeah, or saying that nobody deserves them because everything like last was week <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, yeah. I, I I I believe that this is a stepping stone. You know,
0: I sure hope so. I mean, it's uh, like I said, we we love to come back against the Chargers historically, and it's fun. Um, it's just funny to see their culture. Just crumble. Um mm-hmm. but I just want to see I want to see them to build on this and keep it going. I I mean people forget we've won three of our last four. Yeah. Everybody just remembers the outlier right now, which was the Chiefs. And mm-hmm. and yes, and I've also heard the argument, well, look at the teams they beat. The Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers. They've combined for four wins or whatever. Five wins. Yeah. No, no, four wins, two on the because the Jets haven't won a game. Two Patriots, two Chargers. I get that. But you got to be who's on your schedule and in front of you. And yesterday was the way the Broncos got it done. Yep. Wasn't against who it was the, how they got it done. Not many teams would bounce back and win a game like that. No, so uh, I mean, just keep shutting up the doubters every week. I mean, got a chance against Atlanta, then Vegas, then Miami, not looking too far ahead, but take care of the dirty birds this week and uh, keep it going.
1: hundred percent. And talking about the Falcons next week, uh, David and I are going to be at Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock, Colorado, calling the game for you, so you don't have to listen to those terrible, terrible announcers who still can't say Albert Okuwabenom's yeah, name. Exactly. Right? It's it always makes me laugh. They're like Albert O. <laughs> at least <laughs> like, just
0: say Albert O. I mean, my God, just, don't even, just, if you're not sure, don't even try to pronounce like me. Just say Albert O. Because yeah. you know, I I practice and I think I'm good. When I get here, I get nervous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Albert was <pressure's> on. <laughs> But, yeah, so you guys don't have to listen to those guys, those announcers or whatever. Just tune into uh, our live stream of the game. Uh, if, if anything else, come on down to Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. It's right off the highway of the Wolfensburg exit uh, right behind the McDonald's there. So nice, small place, uh, good food, great beer, um, just a great atmosphere. Big Broncos fans themselves there. So definitely well, come by.
0: And for anybody coming out. What was that? What food do you recommend to anybody that Ooh, might be their broths
1: are really good. They have four different kinds of broths, and uh, I think I, they had a last time, but a bottomless mimosa special, which I almost took part of and I regretted that I didn't. So I think next week I'm definitely going to be, uh, be doing that. So, uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, come on out, uh, tell them that orange weekly sent you, uh, at any time you go, tell them orange weekly sent you and you get half off your first drink. Um, what else we got Tanner? We got this uh, post-game podcast. We also got a pre game podcast. Uh, we got ragers, uh, three different podcasts there.
0: Yeah. Ragers. I took, uh, th- uh, all three rays, uh, Broncos, um, uh- props yesterday and i won on two of them so i was pretty happy that was no fan jerry judy missed out on the melvin gordon one but uh, once again ray helped me win some money yesterday so uh, he knows what he's talking about and and like i know kevin you've preached this every week what i enjoy with ray's picks is not only does he give you smart picks he gives you logic and observation of why you should go with those picks and it helps me have a better mindset of why i'm picking these and
1: Mm -hmm. more
0: than not he's spot on He, he knows his stuff
1: yep I think he said he was four and one on the week. Yeah. Uh, I think Jared said he won 200,
0: $300 over $300. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So guys, if you want to make money, check out ragers. I yep. mean, I'm telling you it's time that I'm, I'm going to start kind of making yep. some bets. It's time to do it. Yeah. And not that I didn't trust Ray before, but it's, uh, you know, it makes sense, you know, that I'm, the more I'm learning about it and hearing what he has to say and everything and seeing how, what he's thinking behind making these picks. It's yeah. Like you said, it's a different level than just somebody saying, Hey, put your, put 20 bucks down on, on this. And you're like, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I like how it does the player prop bets. Cause a lot of times I'll just do game by game or parlay, which I never hit on. I try every week, but it never yeah. hit on it. Um, but I like the player props and I wish I would have took the herbert interception one i did i didn't even i saw it too late and didn't
1: even think about it so i'm
0: gonna have to make sure i get all my bets in line earlier next week
1: 100 percent um so check that out guys uh if you wherever you listen to your podcast give us that five star review uh that helps us out a ton we appreciate all of our listeners you guys are all fantastic uh but it helps us out uh um with that five star review gets Gets more visibility to other people, uh, pushes, pushes up those, uh, those charts there. Uh, so appreciate all of that. Also don't forget about all of our live content, uh, Monday nights, orange weekly after dark, uh, nine, 9 PM mountain time. Uh, and then we got bourbon Broncos, no BS, 10, uh, cheese, eight. Nope. 7 PM mountain time. It's been one of those days, man. 7 PM mountain time for bourbon Broncos. No BS. I don't even have bourbon myself right now. And that, so there's no excuse. Um, then we got our pregame show. Like I said, this next week, Dave and I are going to be live during the entire game. Uh, but otherwise normally we got the pregame uh, show and the halftime hash show. Uh, also check out our website, uh, um, broncos orange weekly.com love to hear from you guys if you have any um you know ideas anything you want us to do anything you want us to do less of um maybe if you're saying hey we just need a vote down team visor um i think that's fair we need to hear that from the fans though so (laughs) yeah Um, but, uh, yeah, so give us that feedback guys. And also a quick shout out, uh, to our sponsor Centennial state insurance agency. These guys are fantastic. If you're shopping around, they'll be honest with you. If they're, if you're, if they're not the best choice for you, they'll tell you and they'll tell you why. And they're, they're just, they'll give you that personal touch. You won't get with any other big company. You'll have a insurance insurance uh, agent that is there for you. Uh, no matter what they know you, they know your family, they know your situation. If something happens where you need them, you'll call them and they'll be the ones that help you out. So I said, if anything else, give them a call, see what they have to offer for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, property insurance, all that stuff. So give them a call 303-838-0554. Tanner, I think that's all of my plugs. Uh, do you have any other thoughts?
0: Oh, you did a good job with the plugs like always. And, um, it's always fun to more fun and entertained to come to Broncos Country after a big win like that than it yeah. is after a loss. But uh, let's just keep the positive flat vibes going, Broncos Country. Let's try to be more positive on social media. There's just too much negativity out there in the world and in sports. And let's let's enjoy our favorite team on Sundays and let's go get a win against the Falcons.
1: Let's do it. Time to beat the birds. Yep. And Matt.
0: And Matt. And Matt. Yeah. And Matt. Matt. yeah. Yeah. Go and get me started. Screw uh, we, that guy. We, can go, we can go another thirty
1: minutes. A Canadian 31st. Falcons fan? Oh, come on.
0: I mean, at least pick a team that doesn't blow a 28-3 lead lead. Do, do we need to remind him about Super Bowl thirty-three too? Oh, we're right every now? day. Rod Smith. That's all I
1: gotta say. <laughs> yeah, man, that's all I got. Let's uh bounce back and uh, continue this momentum. So
0: yep, and I think we should end it like we always do. Go, Go Broncos. Go Broncos.
1: Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.